Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach Bye. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach Bye. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach Bai. And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me right here on the podcast. Reacting to the first game of the season, a 119-107 butt whooping of the Los Angeles Lakers that uh, had several layers to it that we're going to spend some time uh, talking about today. Not going to overly obsess about the game itself and break down the game, you know, quarter by quarter, let alone possessions, but uh, some overarching themes to uh, take away from uh, Tuesday night and uh, look forward ahead uh, to uh, Memphis on Friday. Okay, Um, this game uh, didn't even feel as close as the final score would indicate. Uh, The Nuggets were in control from the very start, and you love to see it. I, I, I can't imagine the... The, the, the focus level required to have one foot in the past and one foot in the present. And what I mean by that is, like, these guys work so hard to win an NBA championship. It's never been done. And you celebrate, but then you get, like, the coronation of that championship in, in uh, the, the form of a banner dropping and a ring. And I think that the rings in NBA culture, I could argue... Um, are as significant or maybe the most significant in all of sports. A uh, World Series ring, not even close. Um, a, a Stanley Cup is about the cup and not the ring. A uh, Super Bowl ring, for sure, I think is on the level of the NBA. But the, the ring, when I hear the phrase rings culture, I think of the National Basketball Association. Um, and when these guys wait all off season, they should probably figure out a better way to do it. Like I, I feel like this should be an off season celebration, not the next season, at least for the rings, the banner I get, but at least for the rings, I almost feel like they should be partying their ass off after getting those rings, not competing in the first game of the next season against an opponent. You played in the Western finals who is chomping at the bit behind the scenes for that ceremony to be over, to come out and whoop your butt. I just, you know, I, I just don't like the uh, again occupying two lanes of the past and the present. But credit to the Nuggets, they their focus level was so insane to cherish that moment and then immediately turn the page within about 15 minutes and then go out on the court against a hungry Lakers team. Um, I just uh, again admire the compartmentalization of what the Nuggets did because that first half they went and smacked the Lakers right in the mouth. I mean, they were up by as many as 18 points in the first half against a team that allegedly had waited all offseason to play them. And what one of my overarching points of when looking at just the dynamic of the Lakers and the Nuggets, the Lakers' offseason was lauded for uh, improvement in ways around LeBron and Anthony Davis and more spacings and, uh, uh, or more spacing. And, you know, now Rui's going to be in the fold, not traded in and, you know, bigger role for Reeves coming off team USA and all that stuff. Uh, and I think the Lakers are going to be fine. I think they're going to win a, a, a decent amount of games and they'll probably end up playing the Nuggets in the playoffs again. So I don't want to get carried away with, um, uh, how bad I think the Lakers, uh, are or were, it's just how bullish I am on Denver. This thought that the gap between Denver and the Lakers 
had narrowed with some of those improvements to the roster that I just mentioned with about the Lakers and then the departure of Bruce Brown and the uncertainty of, you know, what's how this is going to age and play out. Um, I think that the gap has widened. I, I literally think the gap has widened. I don't, I don't see this Lakers team uh, truly on the Nuggets level. Um, you know, would they win a game in a playoff series, you know, next time around? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, could I see them winning two games, three games, four games? No, I, I, I can't see that. I, in fact, you know, when I look at the Western Conference uh, layout as it stands right now, and we'll see how these teams develop, especially with the additions of Phoenix and uh, a Golden State, and, and I'm not even worried about any of the Eastern teams. Um, but... I just don't see someone given the, given the snapshot preview of what I saw in the opener from Denver. It's going to be really, really, really hard, if not impossible, to beat Denver four times over a two week period this spring if they're healthy. If they're healthy, um, so I was really, really encouraged about what I saw. Um, Jokic right out of the gate, triple double, picking up right where he left off. Twenty nine points, thirteen rebounds, uh, eleven assists, efficient from the floor per usual. Kind of same as as it ever was. Had a steal, had a block. Um, Jamal, I thought Jamal could have, um, and a couple other thoughts on Jokic. I'll circle back to in a second, but I thought Jamal uh, could have been even more assertive. And I was so encouraged the fact that he really stayed within uh, the flow and concepts of uh, the team, which he has always done, mostly. Um, but we know the dynamics. If he gets an all-NBA team, he's eligible for a Supermax, which would be the richest contract in the history, history of the NBA, over $300 million. So you could see a scenario where maybe he could go into business for himself a little bit. We didn't see that, uh, really. Um, and uh, Porter... Uh, picked up where he left off too, um, and that is good and bad. Uh, struggled shooting the basketball again. Uh, the last time that we were watching MPJ, he was shooting fourteen percent uh, on the biggest stage that basketball has to offer in the NBA Finals against the Miami Heat. He was brutal uh, in that department. But what was encouraging down the stretch of this this season, and this is what I mean, where Porter picked up right where he left off, he is not letting the offense uh, and the and that side of the floor dictate. Um, his effort on uh, on the other side. Uh, 12 rebounds. That's fantastic. MPJ learned how to pivot his game uh, last season as well. Averaged eight and a half rebounds in the NBA Finals. Now, a detractor or or maybe just a truth teller, depending on how you view it, could say, dude, he's like six foot 11. Grabbing eight rebounds shouldn't be that big of a deal. I think it. I think it. I think it. Low key is, and we talked about this last year. It's it's uh it's about his mindset, how he views himself. And his value to the team not being one-dimensional. Now, I'm going to acknowledge he's not, he's not making $30 million a year to grab eight rebounds, right? He can shoot the piss out of the basketball, and he needs to do that. And he will. That's the thing. Like, he will. Look at, look at the seasons for Michael Porter Jr. that are appropriate enough, uh, appropriate enough to judge, where the sample size is appropriate and he wasn't um, hurt. You look at his career, um, going back to uh, his very first season— uh, with a 55-game sample size, he shot 42% from three. Uh, in his second year, with over 60 games played, uh, he was of a 45% from three. Like, that's elite, okay? That is elite. Um, you take a look at uh, last season, with 62 games played, again, uh, 41% from three. Guys, he, he water will find its level, but 
and we talk about this for years in a row, is that when early in the season, when we only have a limited sample size to react to, we have a tendency to overreact. Okay. Now, I don't want to get caught doing the flip side and just assuming that it's just going to be rainbows and, and, and lollipops for 82 games. The Nuggets will, will have their struggles um, during the course of the seasons and uh, this season and storylines will develop and we'll react to them at that time. Um, but for right now, guys, Michael Porter Jr. struggle for one game. I understand why you draw a line between what happened uh, in the opener to last year's uh, NBA Finals. I'm not going to do that. I'm still going to be bullish on Porter and what... Um, his ceiling could look like here, uh, not just this year, but next year as well. Um, so, but if you're on the other side of it and you want to be more critical of Michael Porter Jr. Th- than that, um, I get it because he's got to make shots. That's his number one attribute. And when it doesn't happen, uh, I can understand why that criticism comes uh, his way. Uh, I was so impressed with uh, KCP uh, in the opener, uh, 20 points on eight of 12 shooting. I wonder with the big conversations of who's going to replace Bruce Brown, who's off to a fantastic start in, in uh, Indiana. So shout out. I uh, love seeing it from Bruce. Wish that guy nothing but the best. Uh, and he wishes the same for Denver, by the way. Um, we say, okay, who's it going to be? Is it more Christian Brown? Is it, you know, Julian Strother? Is it, you know, player XYZ? And it could be a combination of guys. Um, I wonder if it's just uh, that version of uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Not necessarily in the regular season, not worried about uh, what happens in October and November, but later this spring in these high leverage moments, I wonder if it's just more KCP, a double dose of KCP um, in that effort to replace uh, Bruce, who we, we just loved, one of my favorite players to cover. Um, uh, what else here? Um, I want to circle back to the Jokic stuff uh, here in just a second. Uh, Reggie Jackson, I'm going to keep my eye on that. He was the first guy off the bench. I traditionally have not been a massive Reggie Jackson fan, um, but I'm going to be receptive and open-minded to um, an enhanced role here in Denver and trust Michael Malone that he knows the temperature of this team. But that was a guy who was not in the mix at all uh, down the stretch of last season following the trade. Um, Could that be that if the locomotive locomotive was already moving and you didn't want to throw him on there um, in the process of it, if that was the rationale, I get it. but let's see what it looks like, you know, over the course of 10, 15, the first 20 games. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be watching that with a critical eye. Again, open and receptive, but just not traditionally bullish on, on, uh, on Reggie Jackson. Uh, as I take a sip of water here, um, the, the stuff I wanted to get to with Jokic. A couple thoughts here as, as uh, we begin to wind down here. I had questions about Jokic that I know a lot of people um, have had of, uh, you know, just how much does uh, Jokic love basketball? Just how much does he love NBA basketball? Just how much does he love being in Denver? Um, and the reason that people, myself, others have asked that question. Now, now notice, I'm, I'm asking the question, not telling you ever in the past what the answer has been, like, Jokic doesn't care. Stuff like that has never been said by me, but it has been by others. But the reason why I've had the question, you think of moments like he's winning the MVP and he forgets it in the building. Uh, The second time he won the MVP, he didn't want to get it um, publicly. It was handed to him in front of 15 guys in the locker room. The, The NBA MVP. And I know that would frustrate me in the past and saying, come on, man. Can't you just thaw out a little bit? Can't you just embrace um, 
these things that mean so much to Denver Nugget fans or just basketball fans. These are big picture things, right? So when you win the championship and you say like, and you're disappointed that, that you have to stay for a parade. Now, obviously Jokic partied his butt off and it was great. And that was one of the things that was like, thank goodness he's thawing out. He's, he loves a parade. Like I'm looking for little stuff like that, right? That would just come naturally for anybody else. But that's kind of where we've been at with Jokic. And I'm setting this all up to, 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 to get to a point from Tuesday night. So I've had those questions like, just how much does he um, love this? Just how much does he um, want all of this? Does it burn within him the way that it did with Michael and Kobe and others and other all-time greats? That's what I'm differentiating because that's the path that Jokic is on. There was a couple moments the other night that I think are microcosms that give me my answer. And microcosms, something small that represents something larger. Guys, when I saw tears in his eyes in pregame, and my hair is standing up here um, in real time, when I saw the tears in his eyes when that banner was dropping and he was fixated on it and couldn't take his eyes off it, you don't, if you're Jokic and you're wired like he is, you don't manufacture tears, all right? That, I thought, was a special moment for Denver Nuggets basketball. He does love this. He does care deeply. Now, his emotions aren't always forward-facing, which is why I thought it was so relevant that we saw tears, right? Tears. And I think he's got that burning sensation in him. I think he's got that obsession in him. And there was a separate moment in the game where he kicked uh, uh, the ball out in the fourth quarter for a Michael Porter Jr. three who had been struggling. And I think it was Michael Porter Jr. All right. And if it's not, for some reason, don't quote me. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure it was Michael Porter Jr. He kicks it out. He had been struggling throughout the night. Michael Porter Jr., I don't think, had made a three since his first attempt. And he hits this corner three. And Jokic flexes and, and screamed out a natural uh, emotional reaction. I have not seen him do that. I can't remember seeing him do that. And I'm sure he has a couple times. But this was the first game of the season. And I just think it's beginning to mean even more to him. More because of uh, uh, the tangible championship that he now has. More because the opportunity to uh, separate himself from even some of his other contemporaries like Anthony Davis even more so by winning more championships, maybe by winning more MVPs. Um, but when I saw that outward cry of emotion, I'm like, this is going to be a great season. I already came in here on Tuesday talking about how bullish I was, uncharacteristically so, before the start of any uh, season that I have been here in Denver in the seven years. Um, I'm, I'm even more so now because how convicted I am about how convicted he is, if that makes sense. I think it's outside of his family. I think this is the uh, uh, right up there with the most personal things to him. And I love to see it. And what that could mean here, not for just this season, over the next, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to put a forecast. I'll just say five to seven years. I don't know um, what that could mean. Uh, special, special, special. It's already been special, but special, special. Um, and, and, and if you missed the, the, the most previous episode about the repeatable champions and the, the setup of the NBA, 
uh, and how it's set up for repeat champions and the history of it for decades has said that. Like, we haven't had a repeat champion in NFL football in over 20 years. I think we have, like, five repeat champions in the NBA over that same period of time. Um, and when I saw that, those hallmark things from Jokic, I'm like, all right, let's go. Buckle up. Buckle up. I love the start of the season uh, for all those reasons I mentioned. Um, there's still storylines that are developing. Zeke Naji and um, uh, is Julian Strother going to play? We're con- we'll continue to talk about that as we are just, again, in the infant stages of what is a very long marathon and then like a half marathon. Marathon of the regular season, then like a half marathon of the postseason, and I'm going to be here for it, and I can't wait to continue to break down this Denver Nuggets season. Uh, their next game is on Friday uh, evening uh, in real time. It's Thursday afternoon, uh, so it'll be on Friday evening in Memphis, uh, a Memphis team that lost their first game of the year uh, to the Pelicans, a team that is missing John ja Morant, and a team that's uh, going to try to re, uh, I think, just establish their identity here uh, through the first, um, well, period without Ja, and then reintegrating Ja. And I think it's going to be some growing pains in that department for Memphis. So we'll see what it looks like on Friday night. But whatever happens on Friday night and through the rest of the weekend, you already know we're going to be back here talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.